We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome back to the show. This week, President Biden had his first call with Chinese dictator President Xi. He had talked uh, reportedly for two hours about uh, things like climate change and how the United States and China could work together under international rules, as was telegraphed by Joe Biden earlier in the week in an interview on Face the Nation. He's very bright. He's very tough. Um, he doesn't have, and I don't mean as a criticism, just a reality. He doesn't have a democratic small D bone in his body. But he is, um, the question is, I've said to him all along, that uh, we need not have a, uh, uh, a conflict, but there's going to be an extreme competition. And uh, I'm not going to do it the way that he knows this, because he's a sending signals as well that I'm not going to do it the way Trump did. We're going to focus on international rules of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, for more on this, we're pleased to be joined by Cliff May, president of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Uh, Cliff, uh, President Xi doesn't have a uh, small D Democrat bone in his body. Uh, you know, he's a bloodthirsty dictator. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, I don't know exactly what Joe Biden at this point thinks about China. Don't forget there was on the campaign trail. He had taken the view and it was the establishment view that China was becoming over time more moderate, more liberal, a stakeholder in the international liberal rules based order, good neighbor in the global village, all of that. Now, that was the bipartisan view for decades, and it was based on really unwillingness to see what was happening right in front of our eyes. And the Trump administration did see it. In particular, um, I happen to know H.R. McMaster when he was national security advisor, a brilliant young man by the name of Matt Pottinger on the National Security Council, who is a Marine, a journalist, speaks fluent Mandarin. Mike Pompeo, they all said China's not liberalizing as it becomes wealthier, as we all all expected. It is not moderating. And in fact, it is getting more aggressive. It sees itself as our adversary and wants to do it wants to diminish the United States. And we have to decide whether we're going to let that happen. Joe Biden does seem a little bit more realistic. He's right. Xi Jinping hasn't been democratic vote in his body, thinks democracy is rather rather silly form of government that's bound to collapse. Uh, and he's going to push it towards that collapse every which way he can. So I, you don't have a policy yet, I would say. I do worry in particular about John Kerry, who's now this climate czar, who's likely to say, in order to get agreement for China to do good things on the climate over the next 30, 40, 50 years, we'll just have to suck it up in terms of Hong Kong genocide of Uyghurs, military buildup, stealing our intellectual property, subverting Wall Street and our universities. Well, I mean, this is a topic that you know requires a deep dig. There's no question. And part of the handle from some you know conservatives, principled realists, to borrow a, a phrase from the Trump administration uh, about China, is you know, Biden will probably sort of hold the line on issues related to the South China Sea and to the protection of Taiwan. 
but uh, the, the concern is exactly where you just started to go, is will they make terrible trades, a la the Iran deal from the, the Obama-Biden administration, with China in advance of this uh, apocalyptic thinking about uh, climate change and, and associated energy policy, where China has uh, no interest in altering their industrialization and their development of energy sources that uh, run afoul of the Paris Accord, and so the, uh, John Kerry, for example, will look for Pyrrhic victories while giving away substance that puts us in a weaker position vis-a-vis -vis China. Yes, and, and particularly if we start to uh, give up the, the great advantage we've had in uh, energy independence here in the U.S. by stopping fracking, by stopping the pipeline from Canada, that, that, that oil will probably, or that gas will probably go to, uh, to China instead. And, of course, um, by reducing um, military spending, because we have other things to do, is the Chinese will continue, as they happen, to ramp up military spending to get to the point, which is unfortunately <laughs> close in a lot of areas now, where they can say, okay, the U.S. is not really a match for us. And in terms of Taiwan, I think the Taiwanese are rightly nervous right now because they see what happened in Hong Kong. But meanwhile, you've got the Europeans signing a, 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 they haven't ratified it yet, but they've agreed upon a very wide-ranging new economic deal with Beijing, not even delaying it over uh, what's happened in Hong Kong, what's happened in Xinjiang, which is part of the Chinese empire. So uh, the, the China is in general being encouraged. Now, it'd be very nice if Biden can reestablish better relations with our European allies so they're on our side rather than seeing themselves as somewhere in between China and the U.S. trying to uh, uh, broker uh, fair deals. But uh, because we could we could use strong allies. And uh, I don't know that we have very many at this point. Uh, when we come back, I've got another question about uh, China in the context of uh, you know the, one of these world quasi-governmental institutions that they control. That would be the World Health Organization. Uh, and uh, then we'll get to uh, this uh, assassination of a uh, uh, publisher in Lebanon and why we should take judicial notice of what happened there. More with Cliff May, president of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, right after this. The Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the Dan Proft Show. We're talking to Cliff May, president of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Uh, we left uh, off before the break talking about China, and I want to pick it back up there. By the way, NBC News are tweeting out this week. In his first weeks in office, President Biden has made a flurry of international phone calls to American allies, including the leaders of Canada, Britain, France, Japan, and China. Hmm. Um, that is a very generous uh, uh, definition of ally to include China <laughs> in that list uh, you know, without a particular comment. Although, you know, maybe NBC, when NBC mentioned American allies, they, were, they meant their allies, then they wanted to include <laughs> the Chinese communists. I'm not sure, Cliff. Um, but... But but the other news out uh, this week was first the WHO uh, saying that, uh, well, we don't believe the virus originated in the Wuhan virology lab. It was probably animal to human and so forth. And then this additional story, the Wall Street Journal reported about 90 people hospitalized with COVID-like symptoms in central China two months before it was first identified in late 2019, according to 
World Health Organization investigators, who said they pressed Beijing to allow further testing. Boy, the, the, uh, the, is the WHO doing damage control for itself, for China, for the combination of the two? Yeah, a combination of the two, but particularly for China. I, what really strikes me as odd, I, do, I honestly don't understand it. Maybe you, you or somebody can explain it to me. I, I know that, sure, Biden wants to rejoin and refund the uh, World Health Organization. We have traditionally funded it 10 times what China does. But China has very has had very special relations, as they do with a lot of organ- international organizations, with the director general, Dr. Tedros. He's not a medical doctor. He's Ethiopian. Uh, he's very much been there boy. So, okay, Biden's a multilateralist, wants to get back in, wants to, but why not have one, two, three small demands for reform, things we know are badly broken at the WHO? Instead, he demands nothing, simply rejoins, begins the, 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 to, to write the checks again. And of course, then they go to Wuhan and they do not do a proper investigation. We don't see a connection. At least, ah, what a crazy coincidence. What a, what a coincidence. So, uh, so that's what we're getting here. We're not getting anything that we can find credible. Very. Uh, by the way, this idea that it came out of a wet market. There, the particular bat in question doesn't live within a thousand miles of Wuhan. So the idea that some you know hunter went out and killed a bat and put it on for sale at a wet market so somebody could have bat stew on Friday night just seems highly unlikely. Still, hmm. uh, I wanted to. Uh inquiry you about this uh, piece you wrote about a Lebanon publisher named uh, Lebanese publisher named uh, 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 Lokman Slim who was apparently assassinated apparently assassinated I should say don't know but well, he was he, definitely assassinated. he was definitely assassinated <laughs> apparently assassinated by Hezbollah I was going to name the, right. the potentially right. responsible party um, you know and he was a, an open critic of Hezbollah uh, but critics of Hezbollah get killed all the time why are we to take judicial notice of this this killing well we should take traditional we should take notice of this and similar killings particularly because in lebanon it's a couple of things one is we support for example the lebanese armed forces and the argument for that is that's one of the better institutions there and while the lebanese armed forces is not actually strong enough to challenge in any way hezbollah which has its own militia a militia bigger and stronger than the Lebanese army, than the Lebanese armed forces. Nonetheless, we do support. And Lebanon is coming to us saying, "We, God, we need help. They are sinking into into debt way beyond, over their heads. Their banks are all corrupt. They need American help. They need the IMF. The U.S. has a big role in the IMF. They need these other international organizations. And meanwhile, Hezbollah is essentially in charge of that country. And when they don't like somebody... They murder them. And they say, and they're doing this early in the Biden administration, and they're essentially saying, what are you going to do about it? Anything? Are you going to get upset about it? And this is also a a larger trend, keep in mind. We just had also last week uh, an Iranian diplomat sentenced in Belgium to 20 years in jail because he had brought explosives and a detonator to the actual terrorists who were going to bomb a rally of dissidents. Uh, which a number of Americans were going to be uh, uh, Iranian distance in exile in Paris. So the Iranians are, are going around killing people around the world as well. Uh, in Russia, uh, you have Alexei Navalny, who is the lead op- leading opposition figure. Over the summer, he was poisoned with a nerve gas agent. His supporters got him out of the country, and at months in a German hospital, he survived, comes back to Russia, 
and he's arrested immediately. So you have these authoritarian regimes around the world killing people on their own soil for speaking their minds, killing people on European soil. I'm not sure they won't kill people on American soil. I think actually there have been some examples of that. Um, and we, the Americans, the Europeans, what are we doing about it? We're going to say mm. this is okay. You can kill people on your soil and our soil, and we will go back and shake hands and do economic deals, and it's all just fine with us. There's, if the U.S. doesn't do anything, the international community won't do anything to the extent there's any such thing as an international community. It's, I think it's kind of like the tooth fairy, a figment of our imagination. Um, but it's, but it, this, this will continue to get worse. It will not remain at the status quo if there is no pushback. The analogy I give, it's a Leninist one, is when you probe with your bayonet, if you feel mush, proceed. If you feel steel, back up. Uh, the tyrants of the world continue to feel mush. A pre, uh, right, appeasement is provocative, as we see over and over yes. again. What, uh, what, what do you sense will be um, any momentum lost, or will the Biden administration pick up the momentum that the Trump administration started with the Abraham Accords to try to uh, push uh, stability and something resembling yeah. peace in that region of the world? Well, I'm hopefully hopeful that they'll, they'll build on that, though they don't see a, a tremendous effort to do so yet. I'm hopeful they'll do so even to say, see, here's what we accomplished compared to what uh, tr Trump accomplished. But it, but we're but I, I don't know. But but we haven't seen that effort be, be, begin at the, yet in any real way. You mentioned the people that President Biden has phoned. The prime minister of Israel is not among the allies that he has phoned so far. He might have wanted to call and say, hey, and by the way, whatever differences I have with Trump, and there are many, I do think the Abraham Accords are a great thing. First time in a generation that Arabs and Israelis are making peace, and it's a warm peace. And um, I think there are things we can do on uh, on that basis. And I want to hear your thoughts, and I want to give you my, well, this is, this is obviously not a priority for, for President Biden at this point. He is Cliff May, president of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Cliff, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure as always. Thank you. Take care. Listen to podcasts of the show at danproffshow.com.